everyone, it's me, Sean Capri. Welcome to the first episode of the Extra Mile, the tag-along podcast to the Xbox Drive, where we dive deeper into the games you care about most. This time, I'm going the extra mile to tell you all about ukulele and the impossible lair. Greater than X. This episode is made possible by Barry Dunn and the Impact Game Station. You guys should support Barry at uh, youtube.com slash impactgamestation and follow him on Twitter at impactgamestat. Thank you to Barry for providing the code that is making this episode possible. And what a damn surprise we have here, everybody. Ukulele and the Impossible Lair has lured me away from some massive experiences this fall. I thought it was totally optional. It was a 2D, more basic, quote-unquote, basic iteration of a 3D game that I didn't really love from a couple years ago. So when Ryan brought this up on the show uh, two weeks ago, I said, pass. No, thank you. And thank goodness... I played this. Thank goodness Barry Dunn reached out to me and said, do you want to try this game out? And I say, who knows what could happen? I've got an open mind. Let's let's try this out. And thank goodness I did because the overworld alone is one of the best ever created. And many of my play sessions have been dedicated purely to exploring, unlocking new areas, discovering hidden items, and manipulating the landscape. But I'm getting way ahead of myself. Some of you may remember ukulele from a couple of years ago. A 3D buddy mascot collectathon paying tribute to the likes of Banjo Kazooie. That's because it's ostensibly the same team. It made a big splash as a Kickstarter, tapping into my nostalgia for the good old Polygon era 3D platformers, but Ukulele failed to capture my attention and I quickly skipped off of it. That left me pretty dismissive of the impossible lair. I was planning on sticking with Gears 5 or maybe diving deeper into other games on the go, but this second attempt has stuck the landing. And The Impossible Lair is one of the best games I've played in 2019. Ukulele and The Impossible Lair feels like a cross between Donkey Kong Country and actually Rayman Legends or Rayman Origins, but still maintains the exploratory core of the original 3D game and that Banjo-Kazooie with the overworld. It's honestly one of the best overworlds in gaming. It's a it's a game on top of a game to make the game progress. It's, it's all wrapped up into this amazing package that is the outer world. It's this crazy thing. And I just spent hours and hours just exploring the map. Like who, honestly, who says that? The overworld itself is like a Banjo-Kazooie map. It's, and it's very similar to what you would have experienced in ukulele and in a 3D world, but captured on a kind of top-down, almost like a Super Mario 3D land or 3D world, um, almost isometric kind of view. Fully explorable and unlocking levels involves a clever mix of collecting hidden items and manipulating the world to discover new chapters and new areas. The new levels bring new loot to unlock more levels and more variants of levels. Like, the loop is perfect. This is much more than a collection of levels or a a selection or going from one level to the next level until you finally get to the end. There is so much three-dimensional play here in this oddly two-dimensional platformer. A lot of different non-linear ways to approach the game. Of course, I've played dozens and dozens, if not hundreds, of 2D platformers in my decades of playing video games. So when this was uh, w- when this was announced, when I first came across Ukulele and the Impossible Lair, I thought, how many more of these do we need? How many? How much more innovation can there possibly be? And part of that is because I always ask myself, how do you make an interesting and exciting new 2D platformer without it simply being a bargain bin hall of uninspired levels? Well, this game is how. This is how you do it. It sets the new bar. It sets the bar higher because it's all linked. 
usually I would say this about like an open world, but this game gives me that just one more thing feeling that I've come to love from RPGs with emergent gameplay. The dopamine levels are off the charts, and I'm always being rewarded with exploring, solving puzzles, thinking differently, and thinking that I've seen everything because the game keeps proving that I haven't. The levels change depending on the overworld as well. When I flood an area and the level transforms into a water level, if I thought I've mastered a level and I found all the hidden coins, well, now there's a totally new variant, new areas within that level to explore that were previously inaccessible. It becomes much more than a, oh, now it's a water level, or oh, this this winter world is now just slippery. Uh, It's more than what you expect. And that's truly a common theme throughout the experiences. It's more than what you would expect. Now, obviously, I've spent uh, a bunch of time talking about all the things that I really like about the game, and I haven't even touched on the enemy design, which I think is amazing. The level design overall is outstanding. The art style is super charming and perfect, and I just want to grab and touch everything (laughs) in this game. It's got this particular characteristic about it, almost like a... Not quite a claymation, not quite like uh, photorealistic, but like everything in the world looks like I can pick it up and and play with it, I guess. But with all that said, the protagonists, Yuka and Laylee, they just don't really do it for me. They're they're kind of bland. They've got these big, cute eyes, which should really draw me in. That that should that should really be it for me. But that's kind of all they've got going on for them. Banjo uh, and and DK had that touchable fur, and they, they they were a little bit more cuddly. They just wanted to they they had that cute factor for me personally. Yuka is, just isn't all that cute, cuddly, or or endearing. I maybe I'm just not a a reptile kind of person. But the pair do offer some great moves together. This is a true hallmark of the Banjo-Kazooie days. A strong focus on that moveset that you typically see in a 3D game, in a 3D platformer game, you're now seeing in the 2D platformer in The Impossible Lair. It has a strong focus on the moveset that slightly alters if you get hit and Laylee flies away. Like Yoshi's Island and Baby Mario who cries in his bubble, Laylee will detach from Yuka upon getting hit by an enemy, but will fly in somewhat unpredictable patterns, hoping to be rescued. Otherwise, he'll fly away. Then without Laylee, the next hit will be fatal. And somewhat more likely because Yuka actually loses a mid-air spin to help with some platforming, and he loses his buddy slam as well. So you you have a different feeling when uh, Yuka loses his Laylee, so to speak. Well, honestly, that's kind of it. For me, it's a perfectly balanced collectathon. Every time I find a new item or unlock a new area, I can't wait to find what's next. There's a rare discipline to the level design that formally and finally reflects this team's pedigree. It answers the question, were those games actually good or are we being blinded by our own nostalgia goggles? And the answer is no, of course, those games were that good and this game is that good. The original ukulele showed us that you can't rely on nostalgia alone. Ukulele, the impossible layer, like Shovel Knight, pays proper homage to a collection of Golden Age games and builds upon them with modern quality of life additions and innovations. Now, with still a couple levels still to go, I haven't completed the entire game, and I haven't beaten, by the way, the impossible layer, the first level that you play in the game, which, in my opinion, it is impossible. Um, I have not completed the game, but it does look like there are some Metroidvania elements. There are certain boxes or certain areas that it looks like I should be able to get to, but I can't quite get there. There are boxes that I can't destroy yet, or there's, it looks like there's jumps that I, that I can't quite make, and they are begging for me to return. So perhaps there's a new move still coming, or a, or a tonic for me to for, for me to discover. But there's a little bit of that. It doesn't it doesn't really get in the way because I am continuing to progress. 
And the other thing I wanted to mention is that secrets are hidden so well in the game that they feel great to discover, but it's it's not too often where I'm thinking, I never would have thought of that. I <laughs> never would have found that. I have yet to uh, consult a, a guide or anything like that. So time will tell, but it has got that great balance of something that sometimes you'll accidentally find something. Sometimes you'll you'll think, man, what if there's something over here? And you get that reward when that that hidden secret is behind that spot. You knew it was there and you feel smart and rewarded for that exploration. But at this point, guys, we're going to switch it over to you. This is where it becomes a bit of a conversation. Uh, earlier this week on uh, on Twitter, at the Xbox Drive, I asked you, send your questions in about ukulele and the impossible air, and you did not disappoint. We've got four questions that we'll discuss before wrapping up the very first extra mile here on the xbox drive the first question comes in from brendan myers at the winter gamer brendan says this game seems to be a mix of super mario world with the world design where there are multiple ways to play or beat a level and donkey kong country play style of moving the character is that the best way to describe it i i think you're i think you're onto something for sure man but i don't know that super mario world really really discussed um or really explored the overworld in this way where um mario are mostly on a on a track and i think that the hidden world it or the yeah like the hidden uh, exits and multiple exits in in Super Mario World unlock different paths within the the overworld in the overworld with um, ukulele in the impossible lair you are actively you're wandering around it like it is a it is a level and it's it's something that you can do little uh, platforming with you can do some puzzle solving with there's hidden items throughout the overworld so it becomes a level in and of itself that expands and grows it's it's got it's got um the paywalls with trouser <laughs> the snake he um you you'll pay him those hidden coins to unlock new areas so the overworld itself is is a playable area and not just in this like checkbox oh we've got a playable overworld it is genuinely interesting i find myself just spending a whole bunch of time there and trying to max out how much can i expand this explorable space what what switch can i can i click over here or, or what puzzle can i solve over there and i'm talking to all these traffic signs who are giving me hints about all these things there is so much to do in the overworld sometimes i forget oh i should probably go collect some more quills or or uh, hidden coins within the the levels on the ground these books that are opened up on the ground so a little bit different than super mario world from from that sense but um certainly donkey kong country um even with some i don't know what they are they're they're, they're covered in feathers or something but there there are some 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 parts where it's a lot like the the barrels where you're shooting in and out of the barrels or you're jumping in one it'll automatically shoot you and you collect the quills kind of like the bananas back in donkey kong country um but yeah definitely definitely a mix of a lot of different styles the the mario game as i mentioned earlier that i would definitely compare it to is uh, yoshi's island where when yoshi got hit mario baby mario would float away and cry and float in his in his bubble and you only had so long to go touch him to regain him so that mechanic is pretty is pretty close for sure Alex Van Aken at It's Van Aken from OK Beast. Thank you so much for uh, your question, Alex. He says, what's your favorite part about Ukulele and the Impossible Lair? Well, man, there's you guys know me by now. If this is your first episode of uh, the Xbox Drive or really anything I've done, anytime somebody says, uh, ask me to single one thing out, I'm usually going to give you three or four or five things. So this is like my favorite game. There's no way for me to say that. Uh, what's my favorite thing? I love... I'll just say this. I don't think I really talked much about this. I love the audacity, the audaciousness, the the first level, the impossible lair, the titular level 
um, if you will, is impossible. And it's the first thing that you experience. And I love the way that the game thrusts you into this thing. It's uh, it's a boss battle that leads into a giant meander, not a meandering, it's this maze, this crazy set of, of challenges, one after another after another, that is unlike any other level in the game. That's the first thing that you experience. But it's used as almost like a plot device for you to start up the game, then die and get kicked out into the world. And that's where you're going to have to go um, explore new things. Now, I don't know. Again, I haven't beaten the game. I don't know if this is the last level. I'm not sure if this is all supposed to like loop back into it or if this is just a, a, fun, a fun thing. So I'll get back to you guys on that. But I do love the the audacity. I've never quite seen anything quite like that where the first level is not. This is not um, a Super Mario Brothers teach you how to play by throwing a Goomba in front of you and teaching you to jump over it sort of thing. This is a very, it's a very difficult level. You are meant to not beat it and then go out into the world. And I think I, that's just so unique. I, I love the art style. I love the level variance, the way that you flood a level with water and then it becomes a, a water, a swimming level, or you can freeze that water and then it becomes a snow level. There's some one level where I, where I, I found this character who's some sort of like jar or something and he, he poured his goop all over the level and then became, it had sticky floor, it had sticky walls, I could climb up the walls. There were so many different variants, and it's so much more than just uh, a color or a palette swap. It, it actually changes how you play it. It essentially doubles up the number of levels that appear to be on the on the ground, and that is all with my love about the overworld, of course, which I which I've spoken a lot about. That's one of the key highlights of this game is is the overworld. I think you guys should really uh, go out and experience it. I think it's definitely worth it. Barry Dunn at Impact Game Stats. Thank you, Barry, for the code and uh, for your question. He says, Sean, what were your first thoughts when you started playing through the first levels? Did you get that Donkey Kong Country Super Nintendo vibe? And yes, I did. I did get that vibe. There's definitely some the music for sure is is getting that uh, Donkey Kong Country vibe. And I, I, I think that's a pretty common um, insight into the game, but certainly when I was playing it, what the what I really got from the zaniness of this game, this very wacky, very irreverent um, approach to it, was more of like a Rayman Origins vibe. Very, like I said, it's very zany, very wacky characters, particularly the enemies. The way that they they seem very bouncy and they they seem very. Um, just part of this weird world i don't know that uh like in donkey kong country it seemed like it all kind of like made sense like you're in a jungle so you had a lot of jungle characters i don't know what these enemies are <laughs> i don't know what world they come out of they're very strange and um and so they, they seem a little bit more out there um than donkey kong country but this whole this whole game is a is a mishmash of some of the best elements of 2d platformers and as 2d kind of moved into 3d and tried to figure out what to do with that that overworld which back in the day like super mario 3 Three was it was a kind of a boring just kind of like line to line level to level kind of thing and i think you even experienced something like that with super mario maker where how do you make a game more than just those levels i think you can uh you can make excellent some of the world's greatest mario levels exist with super mario maker and super mario maker 2 but those don't make a great mario game and i think it all has to be tied together with something just a little bit more and this game answers that question for me for sure the final question, and I'm so grateful for you guys for being here. So for, before we wrap things up, I'm, I just want to say thank you so much for supporting the Xbox Drive and for trying this episode out. If you are a patron at patreon.com slash Yumi Capri, you are hearing this episode 
early along with all the other perks and awesomeness that comes along with being a patron at patreon.com slash Capri for just a dollar or more. You get all of this before everybody else on the free feeds. The final question from Mr. Eraser at Mr. Underscore Erase. Did you play the first ukulele? Why did you think they decided on 2D? Lastly, despite the game's 2D nature, do you believe that Platonic and Team 17 have taken the feedback from their first project well? What a great question, Mr. Eraser. I'm glad that we, uh, we were wrapping up with this one. I did play the first ukulele, and I didn't really like it. And you know what? I was I was looking at um, some some videos of it just before recording this, and I was trying to figure out, like, why didn't I like it? Like, the, it looks great. I'm now starting to become much more attached to this world, this art style, everything about ukulele, because I really skipped off of the first one. But I was reminded of kind of how empty it all felt and how um, the controls really weren't quite there. This seems to fix this 2D format really forces some limitations and focus and removes the, the the complication and the complexity of that 3D camera. The world seems like every inch has been well-crafted, whereas I think the 3D world within ukulele was a little widespread and a little, in some cases, lifeless. And so you weren't really sure, should I be going over here? It seems like there's nothing really going on here. And then they would surprise you with maybe an enemy or maybe a hidden something over there. But you'd really have to kind of grind through some not so fun elements but i feel like every single square inch of the the impossible layer has been has been well crafted well looked after um, with a high level of detail and that comes through in the play experience it really makes the game a lot of fun to explore to your last question, if um, if the teams have taken the feedback from their first project, well, there is a there's a moment in the game where one character asks uh, Ukulele, "How's the adventure going so far?" and they respond, "Better than the first game, thanks." So <laughs> I think they're well aware of what they were going for and how far off the mark they uh, they landed, and so I would say that they they're taking the feedback very very well. And I, I also think that it is very courageous of them to completely switch to this, to to stick with the characters. The characters and the, the world that they built are there, but they completely switched. It was very risky, in my opinion, to go over to this, but the reward is well realized um, by Playtonic. I think you guys should definitely check this out. If that much is not clear, please go out and play this. It's on Xbox, of course. It's on PlayStation. It's on Switch. Whatever you've got, you should definitely go out and play it. Thank you again to Barry Dunn for the code, and thank you guys for listening to this very first episode of the extra mile the tag along podcast to the xbox drive new episodes of the xbox drive will launch every single thursday and new episodes of the extra mile will will kind of come up as we as we do them i guess whenever a game pops up that we like to spend a little bit more time on and, and engage in a q a session like we did here that's the extra mile so thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next time bye Thank you.